Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is Meditation and Mindfulness with Rabbi Adam Klickfeld. We go deep into ourselves in this experience and then deeply beyond simultaneously. Right? In a meditation, we get exposed to contours of our consciousness that are always there, but are just not being accessed by us all the times. So again, like a a shining constellation of stars that is obscured by a cloud. The fact that the cloud obscures it doesn't mean you can't see it. doesn't mean it's not there. But we're also trying to attach ourselves to all of reality, all of humanity. Our individual meditation inside our own mind is trying to connect with consciousness worldwide. And so both of those things at least can happen as we're meditating. Uh, the focus of our meditation today, um, in addition to the, the main focus of meditation, which is simply to meditate and to be mindful. Right? Sometimes our meditations have more of a content focus and sometimes less. Uh, I wanted to share a quick teaching from the opening lines of Parshat Vayachi, which is the Parsha that we're in, where Jacob says to Joseph that the burying me up in Canaan, rather than let, letting me spend all of eternity in, in Egypt, is what the Torah calls a chesed ve'emet, chesed, an act of loving kindness, of generosity, Ve'emet and truth. Uh, that gets rendered in colloquial rabbinic Hebrew as chesed shel emet, as if it's not two separate things, chesed, loving kindness, and truth, but that truth is kind of qualifying chesed, the truest form of chesed. And we actually say that at many burials, that by participating directly and intimately in someone else's burial, it's a chesed shel emet, it's the highest form of, of giving to someone because you can't ever get it back meaning it's by definition uh, not a quid pro quo. It's only paid forward, that gift. It's never paid back to you by definition because you're doing it to someone who's no longer here. Uh, the Orha Chaim, who was a medieval commentator from Morocco and from Italy and eventually into Israel, says that he goes to pains to explain why Jacob could indeed call this a chesed ve'emet, even though it seems later on that Jacob seems to be giving Joseph a reward for this act because there's a reward that um, Joseph is getting an extra portion of the inheritance. So if there's a reward for something, that undermines the notion that it's true and altruistic or truly altruistic. If we were doing an hour-long class on this, we could talk at length about whether or not altruism really exists. Some people believe that there is such a thing as really leaving ourself and doing for others or for the world with no experience, no expectation of reward. And some people believe that it's a misnomer because if we are gaining emotionally and spiritually from the fact that we're being helpful to someone else, then we are rewarded and that there is actually almost nothing that we do that is not to serve some need, even if the primary need is to help someone else. What I wanted to extract from this meditation, because this is a meditation and not a class, is for us to go deep into ourselves into the part of us that wants to give, that wants to offer, that wants to serve, that wants to be involved in chesed shel emet as much as possible, meaning without resolving the question about whether or not it's altruistic if you indeed are enjoying the fact that you are helping someone else, which then redounds positively to you, can we at least go to the part of our consciousness that aches to be involved in chesed, aches 
to be the instrument by which other people's needs are met. That's where we're going. So um, let's see where it takes us. I don't even know where it'll take me. That's one of the wonders of meditation. Too long of an intro, so let's jump into the meditation. I invite you to all to close your eyes. And start the journey. Start the retreat. The pushing away of as much of the detritus of your daily life as possible. I know that by mentioning it, to do away with it, it brings it momentarily back into your consciousness. But push away to-do lists and phone calls to return and emails and tasks as if they are just doing the opposite of attraction they're just being pushed farther and farther away from you you're seeing the gap between your essential you your body your mind in the center anything else that is mundane is just distancing from you so that you are a protected island separated by time and by space and by sound from anything that has a claim on you. You are in the center. Using your mind's eye, observe yourself in that center node. The image could be an island surrounded by vast waters where it's impossible to reach those to-do lists waiting for you. Or an image of a night sky with you a star in the center and nothing but open blackness around you. Or just picture you where you are, your eyes are closed, but see the room which you're in. Just imagine the way Zoom can sometimes create a fuzzy background around the center picture, even though you know there is stuff physical, material around you. Just see you as if the only thing that exists in the picture and for the extent, expanse of this meditation is you. And just be curious as to how this feels. with no judgment, with no analysis. What does it feel like to be you isolating and focusing on you? Seeing yourself protected, preserved from the marauding ideas and tasks that often surround you. Bring your mind to your breathing. Returning to this perpetual act with focus, with a sense of delight, as if each breath is sweet 
not perfunctory, but precious. As if each inhale of oxygen has an aroma, a bouquet, that is not just received by your lungs and by your capillaries that take the oxygen, every cell in your body, but enjoyed. Notice any part of your body that is identifying itself to you. It might not be identifying itself until I say these words. As being in a place of ache or pain or heaviness that you weren't aware of or the opposite. A part of your body that is just feeling deeply relaxed at ease, releasing tension that it once and almost always holds a jaw, shoulder blades, eyes, brow, neck, all of that submitting to a suppleness. Think as if a infant had the power of articulation, doing all of its body movements with just the right amount of tone, but no excess extrinsic pressure or tension. The muscles doing what they needed to do to hold your body in position, but nothing more, nothing darker, nothing heavier. how an infant with words would describe their experience of their own body. Aim for that. Chesed. Gracefulness, loving kindness, generosity. Shel emet or vehemet. That behavior plus a dollop of truth or the truest form of it, the most exquisite essential form of it. It's impossible to live a life completely committed to that. We need to eat ourselves. We need to provide for ourselves. We have the need for joy and stimulation and ecstasy and reward. But isolate the part of you that aches deeply to be involved in chesed shalemet. That part of you that can be momentarily or more than momentarily blocked or obscured by more base wishes, by urges that come and go. What does it feel like deep in your system when you know that the primary thing you are doing in a given moment is not for you, but for another? 
the primary benefit is to another. What do you see in your mind's eye? Where did you place yourself? What memory came to you? Or what future moment you envision comes to you as you see yourself living your life, but living this moment for another? Chesed. Shall emet. Chesed the emet. You involved in an act that cannot be repaid. Its value is intrinsic waiting for no recompense. Its beauty is that you did it, not that you will get something from it eventually. What blocks you from doing this more? What circumstances nudge you to do it more? How do you bring this part of yourself more into what you and others know of you? A walking, living, breathing, doing practitioner of chesed shel emet. Linger in that zone we stay in a mindful place at ease, at peace, curious, awake, tranquil, focused, connected to all that is and connected to self.
when you're ready, you can open your eyes. And come back to the more integrated you rather than an essential you that you were experiencing and visiting. And we'll close by saying this closing prayer three times. May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. May we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. May we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. May we and all beings have happiness in the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. And may we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. And I say to you all, shalom and namaste, and see you soon and be well. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.